Oregon football got some good news on the recruiting front. Five-star quarterback Jaden Rashada has pushed back his commitment date. Why that might be good news for the Ducks in terms of his pursuit. And a, uh, a very Friday fun question today. What would the Oregon football team look like if they had to put a starting five on the basketball court, a 4 by 100 relay team together, and a golf roster out there? Let's find out. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view if you're watching on YouTube of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching this show. I appreciate all of you who have done so already. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. So it hasn't actually been announced by Jaden himself, but you know, I mentioned that last weekend I was at the OT7 camp in uh, in Vegas for the 7 on 7 tournament that is and I had a chance to, you know, ask some questions to and talk with Jaden Rashad a little bit and I said he seemed very uncertain about, you know, this was my takeaway because a lot of times guys will say one thing, but you kind of get the inclination they know and they just don't want to say what they're actually feeling. But I really got the sense that he was not sure about where he wanted to go to school. He threw out the possibility of, you know, we're going to, or he's, he's going to wait and see and maybe push back his commitment. And the reports are that that's going to happen. Now, he hasn't announced that himself, but sources close to him have said that he's going to push back his commitment Instead of, you know, picking a school this Saturday, the 18th of June, that would be tomorrow for those of you listening to this episode, the day that it drops on Friday. And he's pushing it back to sometime later next week or even maybe the following week, like eight to 10 days after he was uh, originally scheduled to. Right. There's been all this built up to June 18th because that's the date he had set. But it looks like he's going to push that back now. Again, it hasn't come from Jaden himself, so maybe the sources around him are incorrect, but I've talked to people who I trust that know people who know yada, yada, yada. I, I believe he's going to, to push that back. So let's operate under that assumption right now. That's good news for Oregon. What John Garcia, director of recruiting for Sports Illustrated and a weekly guest here on Locked on Ducks has said is that if other schools are able to have more time to talk to him, that that is going to be good news for Oregon and Miami specifically, whereas LSU, Texas A&M, and Florida, I think Florida is seen as the leader right now, but all of those schools that are squarely in the mix are going to be able to get another opportunity to either get him on campus, he has one official visit left, but also just to, to talk to him, to sell him on their vision more, give him more time to think and you know put your name in, in his head as much as you can, Think not in a bad way, but you know, talk to him about why you think he should come to your school. So that's the good news. But a question came in from a, a user on Twitter. This was, I think it was Frosty Dog Gaming. Let me uh, let me double check because I want to give credit where credit's due. And I appreciate everybody who sends in mailbag questions via Twitter, hashtag ask LOD pod or at smalls underscore 55 or at locked on ducks. Always that you can contact me, ask a question. Yeah, Frosty Dog Gaming 
uh, at hashtag L rock, <laughs> whatever that means, but uh, seen him before. Appreciate you, man. He said, so if Jaden Rashada commits to Oregon, how will it affect things with Ty Thompson and Jay Butterfield? And if Bo Nix decides to stay for the 2023 season. So let, let's, let's talk about the Oregon quarterback room beyond this year. Cause I think we know what it's, what it's going to look like for this season. Let's start with Bo Nix, which I think is a really fascinating situation because for those of you who don't know, because of the COVID year, he's got two years of eligibility left if he wants to use them. He doesn't have to, but he can if he wants to. So he could be Oregon's quarterback for the next two years. I think that would only take place if things were going pretty well. I don't think if it went super poorly that he would you know, necessarily feel that inclined to stick around, though maybe he would. Maybe he just feels that he would need another year in the system. But we hope that that is not the situation that, that we're going to be dealing with here. But the question of whether or not he'd be back for a second season, I think, depends on how the 2022 season goes. And I think there's one of three directions that it could go for, for Bo Nix. If it goes super, super well, he completes mid-60s, couple thousand yards, three or four to one touchdown interception interception ratio. By the way, this past year, Auburn, before he got hurt, he was 11 to three in the touchdown interception ratio department. Just saying, just bet most of you didn't uh, didn't know that because the narrative around him is that he turns the ball over a ton, which has been a problem in his career, but he was much better about it till he got hurt uh, this past year with the Tigers. But I think if it goes super, super well, he has a great st- statistical season. He looks really good. He might want to try his hand at the NFL. He, he might want to go to the league and would he be a starter? No, but could I, I see a team taking a flyer on him in like the fourth or fifth round? Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's 6'5". He's really mobile. He's got a big arm. If he shows that he can be a more refined passer, I could absolutely see him get getting drafted. I mean, Anthony Brown made a practice squad at least, got signed as an undrafted free agent with the Baltimore Ravens. I think Bo Nix is a better quarterback and is overall more talented than, than Anthony Brown in more ways than one. So I think he certainly has that possibility, and, and I'm sure that he's got his eye on the league in in that sense. Let's say it goes super poorly, right? And Oregon, you know, super well is Bo Nix does well statistically. Oregon wins 10, 11, 12 games or so, has a really good year on the national stage, plays in some big-time games, performs in those. I think that would raise his NFL draft stock. I don't know exactly what it is right now. I can't imagine it's too high, but that would at least raise it a little bit. So maybe he would want to capitalize on that momentum and go to the league. If this year goes super poorly, however, maybe he doesn't want to stick around Oregon again and decides, yeah, this isn't the right spot for me. I want to, you know, find that perfect right situation. And there's a school that I think is going to be really good. And maybe he becomes a grad transfer and is immediately eligible to transfer once again, as he was this past year when he went from Auburn to Oregon. And he finds another place that he believes is the right fit. I think that's the least likely of these three scenarios. Because the other one is that, you know, it goes pretty well. Not super great, but not super terrible. Oregon's a solid team. They do about what we're hoping to. Maybe they get back to the Pac-12 championship game. Bo Nix looks pretty good. And he comes back for another year. I think that those are all three very reasonable scenarios. And at this point in time, hard to tell what what the most likely of those is going to be. And you know, if, if things go just okay, maybe Oregon is a nine-win team. Uh, or, or they underperform a little bit, and, and Bo Nix is solid but not exemplary, but he's not terrible, and he's just kind of in the middle. 
that'd be a little bit of a guessing game. But his options are after the season, grad transfer, NFL, or come back to Oregon. And I think it'll depend on how that season goes. But that will certainly be influencing the quarterback room because if he sticks around for another season, a guy like Ty Thompson or Jay Butterfield might go elsewhere. Now, Jaden Rashada or maybe even Dante Moore fit into that mix as well. I'll tell you how, but first I remind you this episode brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including this year's NBA championship matchup with the Celtics and the Warriors, NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, go Mariners, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. So if Oregon's able to get one of these big-time quarterback commits, I don't know that that would push Bo Nix to go one way or the other. I, I think his decision is going to be made based on how he performs in this upcoming season. However, if he struggles mightily and Oregon brings in a Jaden Rashad or a Dante Moore, it could start to have him looking in the rearview mirror because maybe the Oregon staff decides they don't like Bo Nix as much and they you know, aren't as content on making him the starting quarterback no matter what. And they're more willing to go with one of the younger guys being Butterfield or Thompson or whatever quarterback commit Oregon gets in the class of 2023. And they see who looks best at the time. But tying this back to Jaden Rashada, who, you know, I, I don't think Oregon is a leader for at this point in time doesn't mean they can't get him because at this point in Josh Connerly's recruitment, Oregon was not going to be the team whose hat he put on in the in that signing day moment. But it ultimately was. So you, you never know. But if Rashad ends up coming to the Ducks in the class of 2023 with the sort of player that he is, the caliber of schools that he is, caliber of player that, you know, I saw over the weekend, big time arm, needs to work on his accuracy a little bit, but he's got great physical traits as well. I think he's got some good intangibles. He's very competitive, and I really like that about him. And I was impressed with how he handled himself as well. Uh, not not quite on the level of Dante Moore, but again, both really impressive young guys. I think one of Ty Thompson or Jay Butterfield would transfer. I, I think it's a very reasonable expectation. Which one? Depends on where they are on the depth chart. I, I think those are conversations that would have to be had with, with Kenny Dillingham and Dan Lanning between the quarterbacks about where they are on the depth chart and where their playing time projects to be. But I, I think if Oregon does end up landing one of these guys, and Avery Johnson, I think, would make it less likely that one of them would transfer before the 2023 season because he's not as refined of a thrower. So he's a little bit more. I mean, he's the best athlete of all of them, and he's going to be on campus this weekend. But I think that when you look at these three quarterbacks that Oregon's going after, Jaden Rashada, Dante Moore, and Avery Johnson, if you get either Moore or Rashada, then you're probably going to have one of these guys transfer because they'll just see it as you know competition that they don't necessarily have to face and playing time that might be taken away from them that they could otherwise find at another school. But if it's Avery Johnson, I think they would see that as someone who they could both you know, be above and Johnson might have to wait a little bit longer because he's a great athlete, but he's not quite as refined uh, as a thrower at this point. He's not bad by any stretch, but he's not at the level of Moore or Rashada right now. And so I think if he was there behind Butterfield and Thompson, then you you would have those two, I think, more likely to stay at Oregon. 
But then you have to ask about what's going to happen with Bo Nix because, you know, Butterfield and Thompson are not going to be the starters this year, barring uh, an injury to Bo Nix, which has happened before. I'm not rooting for that. Of course, I want Bo Nix to become the greatest player in the history of college football and lead Oregon to a national championship. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's not going to happen, but that's what I'd like to happen. I want somebody to do it. Um, almost had it with Marcus. But anyway, so. I think that when you look at the the room going into 2023, which of those guys, Ty Thompson or Jay Butterfield, is able to separate himself from the other in a way that, and also improve to the point where, you know, if Bo Nix is back, the Oregon coaching staff has to seriously consider one of them as the starting quarterback, right? And all of this again, back to what I started the show with, it's dependent on how Bo Nix performs in the 2022 season because if he comes out and he lights it up, but he makes it very clear he wants to come back to Oregon for a second season, heck, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility if both Ty Thompson and Jay Butterfield transfer because they might not want to sit behind Bo Nix again and you know wait on a, a potential injury, which I know neither guy is going to be rooting for because they're both good dudes and they both know Bo Nix and work with him on a daily basis nowadays. I mean, not now because they're on summer break, obviously, but you know what I mean? So I, I think that there's a pretty good chance one would transfer. I think the only way you keep both, you know, Butterfield and Thompson is if none of Avery Johnson, Dante Moore and Jane Rashada end up coming to Oregon. I think that's the only way you could keep both, but given the timeline that they're on and that they're in the same class, I just feel like at some point one of them is going to break off. I don't have an inclination of, which one of them it's going to be and you know how that how that could all play out or what the fact the determining factors would be in that sense i mean you know thompson was such a highly sought after recruit maybe he doesn't want to sit behind bonex for another year whereas butterfield who was a pretty highly rated four star but not at the level of, of ty thompson certainly did not have as much hype maybe butterfield's a little bit more willing to to wait his turn in the long haul the way that tyler shuck did behind justin herbert and then get his chance to start. Shuck wasn't able to, you know, take the reins and really establish himself as as QB one, as we all saw. But maybe Butterfield's waiting to play the long game more than Ty Thompson. Again, I don't, you know, I haven't talked to either of them uh, at, at any point, so I don't know that. I, I'm just throwing out hypotheticals here about how all these things could play out because there's a lot of different directions, frankly, that that this quarterback room could go. And I, I think it's a fascinating thing to follow because. We, we, we don't know everything that we need to know, but that's that's kind of how I see it playing out. You have to wait and see how Bonix does this year and, and gauge his NFL interest because if he does pretty well and decides he wants to go to the league, then Butterfield and Thompson have to be looking at it as, okay, open competition between you and me and you know whatever young guy they bring in, but I don't think that they could be worried about that because a true freshman, even one as talented as Jaden Rashad or Dante Moore, I don't think is going to be able to do enough right away to just surpass Jay Butterfield and Ty Thompson, who will have had a year in the system, who have had you know more reps at the college level, not a lot of playing time, you know, going into uh, that, that that 2023 season potentially if there's a QB battle there, but I, I just think that. You have to wait and, and let that stuff play out. But I, I appreciate the question. Uh, that one came from uh, Frosty Dog Gaming. Uh, keep them coming. Again, hashtag ask LOD pod, or you can just DM me or tweet at me at Locked on Ducks or at Smalls underscore 55. You can see it down there on YouTube. You can also hop in the YouTube comments, drop a question. I check those daily and I respond to you as well. So if you put a question in there that I think is worthy of 
fully exploring here on the show, I will do that. And during the summer months, especially more than happy to answer all your questions, but that will be the case once the season rolls around as well. Cause I know you've got them and I'm here to answer them at all times. And I love, absolutely love doing the show. And I love the engagement that we get there. Speaking of fan engagement, uh, this is going to be a very, very fun segment. I, uh, I, I did put some real thought into this because that's just what I do here, right? Whether or not you ask, a silly question or a serious question or something that's kind of in the middle. I want to have fun with it. I'm going to give it the full run through and I'm going to give it my full undivided attention. And uh, Brian Goff wants to know what uh, the best starting five basketball team, four by 100 track relay team and golf foursome from the current football roster would be. I tell you what, that is a unique and creative question there. I'll tell you my answers after I remind you this episode brought to you by rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure pointless or intimidating questioning when you could just save time and money using rock auto, a family build business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil, and even new carpet. They've got it all. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, let's close with uh, with our fun with our fun segment of the day. I love doing these fun segments. So let's start with basketball. And again, this is all football players on the roster. I am including uh, true freshmen in the class of 2022 commits that, that those guys 100% count. So at point guard, we'd, we'd be running a little bit of small ball here. It is not going to be a big lineup. And you might you know think that's going in the other direction. Like, oh, football's got a bunch of big guys. Football has a bunch of big guys. They don't have a bunch of tall guys. Okay, Thibodeau is a really tall player, right? Six foot five in basketball. That's what we'd call a small forward. So a li- little bit like the Golden State Warriors here. This would be a small ball lineup. But as I record this, the Dubs are up three, two in the series. We'll see if they close it out uh, later tonight is game six of the NBA finals with uh, one of the best broadcasters of all time, by the way, Mike Breen. Oh, gosh, that guy is unbelievably good. Anyway, at point guard, we would have Trajan Williams, the four star safety commit from Jefferson High School in the state of Oregon. He played basketball there as well. That was one thing I was heavily weighing when thinking about like, oh, am I going to put him in the lineup or am I just going to put him in because of size or athleticism? But Trajan Williams actually played at uh, at Jefferson. So two sport athlete there. Pretty easy decision. Uh, he's about six foot one. So got that prototypical, like nice point guard size, a little bit taller, I think, than uh, like a Peyton Pritchard, but not as tall as a Will Richardson, perhaps. But I, I think that, you know, Trajan at, uh, at point guard, that was, a, that was a pretty easy pick. Uh, next, shooting guard, Kyler Casper. It's a big body shooting guard, right? But you got to be tall at every position if you're not going to be super tall in the front court. But Casper, a guy who just ha- has such great athleticism, and I believe he he played basketball as well. And, you know, at six, he's six, four, six, five. Let me let me look specifically here. Um, but he, uh, he, he's, he's got some, some size to him. So, you know, you put him on the wing talking about the dubs. Yeah. He's six foot five. Maybe he is kind of a, a clay Thompson kind of player as well. And, you know, he, uh, he did play bas- basketball in, in high school as well. So again, I, I like that, that sort of size there, um, on, on the wing. Now at small forward, I've got Bo Nix. 
I don't think he played basketball in high school. Maybe he did. You can hop in the YouTube comments and correct me if I'm wrong there. But you got to put Bo Nix in the starting lineup because he's just a darn good athlete. Even if he doesn't give you a ton at the offensive end, I feel like his leadership on the court would be huge and he could be a defensive leader because he's just such a good athlete. Right? I mean, if you've seen him run, you know he's got a good frame, really quick feet, good straight line speed. He's just He seems like the sort of guy who could give you a chase down block once every four games. So uh, we slot him in at small forward. Uh, at power forward, we've got the, the new offensive line recruit, Josh Connerly, who played basketball in high school. Big, big body, right? And again, not super, super tall, but, you know, knows how to move, very agile. And I think that, you know, him paired with uh, the guy I've got starting at center, and that's our tight end, Maliki Mataval, who's 6'6", 240 pounds, because got to have some kind of big body out there. And Mataval is about the best combination of height and weight that I could find on the roster. I think if you have those two up there, it's going to be really tough to move them around. Uh, you know, Connerly hopefully can step out and shoot a little bit, stretch the floor a touch, but I think it'd be a very defensively oriented team. And I, I think with those athletes on there, you, you'd be pretty darn good. So point guard, Trajan Williams uh, out there with Kyler Casper in the backcourt. Bo Nix at small forward. Josh Connerly is uh, playing a big boy four. And then Maliki Montevau is uh, the tight end at the five. You know, again, might be a defensive specialist. Trajan might have to do all the scoring and uh, and Kyler might have to do, you know, the rest of it. But if that's the way it is, then you just got to work with what you got. So that's the uh, that's the basketball team of Oregon football. Let's go to the track. To Actually, no, we'll close with track. Next, we're doing golf. Now, Actually, I changed my mind. I want to close with golf because that's my favorite and save the best one for last. Uh, let's do the four by 100 track relay team. Sorry, there's a little gnat in here. That's why <laughs> That's why my hand is just like here going like that for those of you watching on YouTube. Four by 100 track relay team. These are the speedsters. And, and this is just kind of a good thing to know for you know reference in terms of how the roster is shaping out and where the fastest guys are. Easiest first pick here is Jaleel Tucker the incoming freshman cornerback from Lincoln High School in San Diego. In high school, he ran track, and he ran a 10-5-3 100-meter dash. Go look at other football players who ran track or just, you know, track times in general. There's this video out there of Jalil Tucker running a track race. Not a fair fight. <laughs> it's not a fair fight. He is pulling way away from everybody. That is definitely my uh, my anchor leg of, of the 4 by 100 team because I think you're supposed to put your fastest guy last. I could be wrong, but I, I'm, I'm putting him as in the anchor spot. Right behind him, however, this is a name that's not really getting that much hype on the Oregon football recruiting trail when you look at the class of 2022 commits because you know Florence and Connerly were down to USC and Oregon and ended up choosing the Ducks, of course. And this is a guy from Lincoln, Nebraska who's a linebacker, by the way, by the name of Devin Jackson. If I told you that his 100-meter dash time was one one-hundredth of a second slower than Jaleel Tucker, who's a corner, you might be pretty impressed with that. I think going forward, Devin Jackson, I think he could be a really special player. You don't see that sort of speed from a linebacker very often. You just don't. So he's on there. Putting seven McGee in the mix as well. I mean, speed is everything he does. He runs a 4.68 40-yard dash, which is slower than I thought. I bet you by the time he finishes college, he could run a faster 40 time than that. I think he's got that sort of speed. Maybe just needs to get in the weight room a little bit, build up his leg muscles. 
And then uh, a little bit faster than him, at least in a 40 yard dash perspective, is I've got Dante Thornton, right? Six foot five. He's got a four, six, three, 40 time, which, you know, again, I, I think he could improve that and, and get it under four, six, but he's got those big, long strides. I think the potential there is, is really, really good. So uh, the four by 100 team for Oregon football, you got Jalil Tucker, Devin Jackson, seven McGee and Dante Thornton uh, last, but certainly not least. The golf foursome that I would throw out there as uh, the most talented players. This is, when I say complete guessing game, I mean a complete guessing game. I didn't look up handicaps. I don't even know if most of these guys have them or if they play them, but this is a question that Brian asked, so I'm going to answer it diligently, as always. First of all, Byron Cardwell is on this team because when you run with the sort of patience and deliberance that he does, you have to be somebody who is methodical and thoughtful and, and very composed mentally, which is something you need to be a decent golfer. And, you know, golf is also, you know, seen as a very uh, elitist sport. And, you know, you have to be like, oh, this way and you have to be all proper and whatnot. Uh, not saying that Byron is not a cool dude, but that picture of him with his glasses on, he looks so ready to be like anything that that he wants to be doctor lawyer president i'm like he just he just looks the part for someone who would travel in a sphere that plays a lot of golf so i've got byron cardwell in there uh next is uh i've got troy franklin in the mix because i think he has the right mix of athletics uh, of an athletic skill set to be able to make a good swing on the ball. He's not too tall to where he's, you know, too lanky and awkward. Like I wouldn't want to put Dante Thornton in here. Cause it's actually really hard to golf. If, if you're six foot five or make a good swing, but you also want to be a pretty good athlete and, you know, a little bit of size and get you some more distance. So I like Troy Franklin in there as well. Talk about the, uh, the need to be intellectual and analytical to be a golfer. How about AJ Abbott? our backup quarterback, right? The walk on that no one is talking about, of course, because he's, you know, mostly going to be a practice squad guy in his career. And that's what he's been so far, but guy who has to study the playbook guy has to, you know, be able to sit down and think through stuff. And it just kind of feels that's just a feel thing. You know, I'm thinking about what sort of positions would cater themselves to being a good golfer. I think four string quarterback is right up that alley. It just, it, it just seems like it would be right. And then you got to have a long hitter. I, I wanted to put a long hitter into this mix. So I'm thinking about like, okay, who's going to be able to have the most club head speed. Who's got the best physical traits on the team. Probably Justin flow. I, th that's what I land. I'm not saying other guys couldn't hit it really far, but flow is not, you know, too tall to where it might be kind of, you know, awkward or he'd be too lanky to swing but we know he's powerful he's explosive as an athlete i bet you his club head speed would be as fast as anybody on the pga tour or on the oregon golf team also as i record this aaron wise former oregon duck was i think two under today at the u.s open and he's been playing some really nice golf out there on the link so always love to see that from a former duck on the PGA Tour. Thanks for making this your first listen. Go make Lockdown Pack 12 your second. I'm hosting, talking about the Conference of Champions. I will probably be off on Monday, but should be back on, well, I might be back on, uh, might not be back till Wednesday. We'll just have to wait and see, but I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.